are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the very first, the maiden voyage of the Band from Ringside podcast. I am your host, Bill, the Maharaja Vagi, and I am joined tonight by Zach Pullman. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing pretty good, Bill. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I know that Jinder Mahal calls himself the Maharaja these days, but Maharaja has been my nickname for several years now, so I'm going to just keep going with it. Uh... This is our very first podcast, like I said. Uh, we're called Band from Ringside, and we are part of the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Um, we'd like to thank those guys, especially, well, we'd like to thank some of them, especially Travis Terrell and Michael Gaines for making this possible. Those guys are pretty dope. Yeah, thank you guys. So this is our first one. We don't really have any music to get started or anything, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. And what we're going to do every week, hopefully, is run down the week in professional wrestling. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be WWE only, but it is going to be primarily WWE. If something else exciting happens on the Ring of Honor front or in New Japan or something like that, we'll certainly cover it. We're not adverse to uh, checking out those different promotions and things like that. I guess I forgot to mention TNA, but... Yeah, I think you're good. Nothing, nothing really cool happens on TNA. So uh, just let's let's jump off. Uh, Zach, what is the number one thing on your mind when you think about the last week in professional wrestling? Uh, so I guess we're going to get into our first segment called the three count. So that is three where count. That is where we one, two, three. Our top three moments of the week, and my number one was definitely uh, Braun and Roman. I mean. To now see, why is that? To see how, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we have Braun Strowman being arguably the biggest babyface on the main roster. That's true. Simply by beating up Roman Reigns. Yeah. So I just love that dynamic. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. And of course, this is going to be a little bit delayed, unfortunately, due to Braun's elbow injury. But just the fact that he had Roman Reigns coughing up blood onto a white wall, which was one of the greatest visuals. Yeah, that was awesome. Did you like him coughing up the blood better than him throwing the stretcher off of the landing in the back at the <laughs> uh, at the arena? I, I think so. I think I mean they were or both t- pretty or visceral tipping, or tipping over the ambulance. That was dope. I mean, that was a great great segment. Like, I mean. Now there seems to be some there seems to be some discrepancies in the way that certain wrestling fans have seen that moment when he tipped the the ambulance over and if you haven't seen it if you're listening to this podcast you probably saw it but if you haven't seen it Braun Strowman put Roman Reigns into an ambulance before their match at Payback and when Roman Reigns was in the ambulance Braun Strowman former strongman Braun Strowman legit not kayfabe worth mentioning What's a former strong? He's a large man, although it doesn't seem like he missed uh, leg days. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he's a little top heavy, but he lent, he leaned down, picked up the ambulance at the bottom, and tipped it over. Now, some people say some people think that he actually did that, but there had to be hydraulics involved or something. Right? Yeah, I mean the camera shot. There was also a small continuity error, which I just looked for. Like, I mean, granted. You're not going to notice that, and it was pretty immersive. It was a really great backstage segment. Are you saying I'm not going to notice it? 
specifically? No. Or you mean you as in the normal viewer? You as in the, the regular, casual, non-smarky, analytical viewer. Because <laughs> so. I didn't notice it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I watched it like four times. And it wasn't and involving was like, the lift. It wasn't? No, no. So the, the shot was great. The reason, you know, is besides the fact that ambulances weigh a shitload, um, and you're not going to be able to flip one of those over Braun Strowman or not, uh, it was a really tight camera angle. And it only showed one side of the ambulance the entire time. That's true. Uh, and the continuity error happened when they panned back around and uh, the door was, um, I forget if it was the door was closed or the door was open, but it was obvious that Roman was no longer in the I thought you were going to say it panned back around and Vince McMahon was on the other side with a jack. <laughs> <laughs> like pumping it up. That's what I want to see. That's what I kind of want like to see Like Attitude too. Era roided out Vince. Like There we go. Yeah. But, so, Roman came out. Braun was going to have a match with Kalisto. Again. Uh, Classic stri- big man, small man match. Yeah, they even did the tail of the tape, which they only do if they're trying to show how small the guy is and how <laughs> big the guy is. So they had the tail of the tape for Braun versus Kalisto. And uh, they didn't really have much of a match. No, not at all. I thought that Braun kind of looked like a pussy for saying that he didn't want the match when Dean came out and made the match and he said, no, I can't fight because I'm injured. He shouldn't worry about fighting Kalisto at all, right? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, you know, I could take you with one arm that Ambrose had to point out. Well, you said you could take him with one arm. I feel like it should have just been him coming out. I'll take you with one arm and I'm going to squash you like a beer can, which was a great line. That was a pretty A-plus promo from Strowman. I like Braun's promos, though. Yeah, he's great on the mic, especially for a big guy. Because it seems like something that his character would actually say. Like, when he, when he comes out and he says, I just want Roman Reigns. I'm not done with him. Then, like, that to me is, like, all his character should have to say because his character is a big, dumb, not Maharaja. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> uh, dumb, uh, strong man, basically. Lumberjack, I guess, yeah. is what I'm looking for. So, I mean, him beating up. He beat up Kalisto, Rowan Reigns comes down, and they have, and Braun basically gets his ass kicked. Yeah, which was, that was where this whole thing, why it's my number one of the of the three count, because Roman comes down, and, you know, he's got the bandages. Uh, he's supposed to have this um, injury from being thrown off in the gurney. Uh, and and the match of payback. And the match of payback, yes, right. yes. So but he lost the match of payback. That was their kayfabe reason for letting Roman lose, which he never does. Yeah. He came off of just being the Undertaker, one of only two guys to beat the Undertaker. And the only reason he lost to Strowman was because Strowman, you know, tipped over the ambulance. Yes. And threw him off the gurney. Actually throwing him off the throwing him on the gurney off the platform would probably do a lot more damage than just tipping over the Absolutely. Ambulance. That was a I mean that was a sick looking spot, like you know. Yeah. Even though the camera angle was, it was kind of head on, and there was really—I don't think Roman was on. No, the it was some. It was a mannequin, yeah. But right. still, um, but yeah, that was great, and I love too that even though, you know, 
obviously injured. It still took two finishers to pin him clean. I know. It's just God, I know. Classic Roman booking. <sighs> See, so we're five minutes into our first podcast, and I'm already mad at Vince. I was just going to say the same thing. For the way that Reigns is booked. For those of you guys out there, we promise not to do this. Uh, <laughs> not all the time, but not let's get time. into it right now, though, just a little bit. So, Reigns... I mean, at least it took three Superman punches to bring down Braun. At least they protected Braun a little bit by letting it only take three Superman punches. It had yeah. to, it had to take three Superman punches to take Roman down or to take Braun down the other night. Yeah, but this is also your daily or weekly reminder that the biggest babyface in professional wrestling at least in the WWE has a finishing move called the superman punch yes that he cocks on his forearm before he delivers it yeah for the kids for, is that for the kids i think so you know that he cocks it no he not cock that he it? yeah i don't know but it's definitely it looks good it looks the superman good. punch it looks good you think the superman punch looks good not as good as aj's but it looks good. You're Not as good as AJ's phenomenal forearm. Phenomenal forearm. I, they're comparable, you know. They are comparable looking moves. But I, Roman always he always approaches the Superman punch and kind of goes to the side. And that's one reason I hate it. The other reason I hate it is because it's called the Superman punch. Yeah, and he's booked like literal Superman. Like, uh, it's it's worse than Cena. It's worse than Cena ever was. At least Superman died once. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. If Vince had the budget, though, he probably would have Roman Reigns fly around the earth backwards to reverse time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he could reverse time to the beginning of Roman Reigns' push. That would be ideal. That would be the best thing. All right, so it looks like so there's a legit injury when it comes to Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is legitimately hurt. He's out for 48 weeks, and... Roman kicking the shit out of him the other night was their way of writing him off TV. I'm guessing... That's their way of writing him off TV for the next 48 weeks. I don't think they're going to bring Braun around to be a guest commentator or anything during that time like they did with Punk when he was out for a while just nah. to keep him on TV. They'll nah. probably just keep him off TV for a while. So that leads to what's next for Roman Reigns. Yeah, that, and that's interesting because obviously they're being booked. This whole thing is progressing to um, end up at Great Balls of Fire, which... Oh, what? Yes, I know. What I just I just said those words. What's that pay per view called? Uh, uh, Great Balls of Fire. Whew. Yeah, I would have liked to have been the pitch meeting when they were <laughs> throwing ideas for the name of the pay per view events. It and is. I thought it was kayfabe news when I read it. Like I thought it was a kayfabe news headline article. Yeah, it's yeah, it sounds fake. It does, and they kind of played it off um, the other night whenever they had Ambrose kind of in kayfabe like suggesting that Ambrose came up with the name, which if they would have done that like before they announced it, that would have been a cool angle. That, yeah, like, they you let can't Dean... retrofit it. No, no. But if they would have let Dean Ambrose pick the name and he picked Great Balls of Fire, I I think I, it would have been over. You've been okay with that? Yeah. Great Balls of Fire. Just in the sense that of irony, like maybe. like, But <laughs> it's one of those things though, like it's one of those things that when you tell people you like professional wrestling, you don't tell them that the next pay-per-view was called Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, I can't tweet that. No, you can't. No. No, you just want to leave it alone. So, 
we don't know what's next for Roman. I guess we have to wait until next week. This week was kind of a holding pattern for WWE because they were overseas, and what they do overseas is basically put up glorified house shows. Yeah, and that's evident. Not really good house shows. Yes. I mean, if the Raw the other night was a house show, you certainly would have gotten your money's worth. Absolutely. Yeah, and the SmackDown for that matter. Well, let's move on to your, what's what's the two count? What's your second big news from the week? Two count is actually um, another Raw moment. It's the tag match. Um, the, the tag team turmoil match. Tag team turmoil. I forgot the... Uh, I forgot the the name that they were going for, but yeah, tag team turmoil. So uh, the interesting thing from this, which I'm a huge Cesaro mark, I think that dude... Me also. Yeah, he is just over the top, one of my favorite wrestlers. Incidentally, um, if you had to choose, do you think that Cesaro is better as a babyface or a heel? You know what? He does both so well, and it's that kind of thing where like... Even though, even when he's a heel, I'm like still just like 100% behind him. So yeah. it's that gray area. Um, right. But I tell you one thing, he did some really great heel shit this time, especially coming around the ring and doing that stomp on, um, I forget who was down on the ground. It was uh, Slater. It was Slater, yeah. And he just, you know, stomps him like giddily, like that just was, happily. That was a really funny moment because the crowd was chanting, He's got kids. He's got kids about Heath Slater because that's his big thing is that he's got to pay for his kids. That's why he need match. That's why he needs matches. And so they were saying he's got kids. And then when Cesaro stomped on his nuts, the crowd started chanting, "No more kids, no more kids." And I thought that was in a kind of a lackluster crowd for Monday Night Raw. I thought that was a real highlight. Yes, thank you, London, for that. Yeah, thank you, London, for that. Especially for you know being muted as much as they were, like to be able for that to go over. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but um, what I what I liked about that tag team turmoil match was that um, even though we ended up back at the same spot, which was Cesaro and Sheamus facing the Hardys at what's the name of that pay per view again? Oh, that is Great Balls of Fire. Oh yeah, the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Is that even though we ended up back at the same spot? They gave Golden Truth a glimmer of hope, and I really liked how there was a two-week story told with Golden Truth where it made it look like Golden Truth would have a chance. Honestly, when I was watching it, I thought they were coming away with it. Like yeah, that. because they set it up for two weeks, and it when they came out last, so the tag team turmoil match, and I have it right here. So Enzo and Cass were against Sheamus and Cesaro coming out first. And I think that Enzo and Cass, well, what do you think about Enzo and Cass? Uh, I think they are the perfect house show tag team. They get the crowd just electric. Like, I mean, Enzo's one of the greatest on the mic and Cass is no slouch either. And their intro um, at the house shows that I've been at and just seeing my like seven year old boys like eyes light up whenever we whenever they come out. Oh yeah. And saying all the words and, you know, singing along. That is um it's just great. I mean they're so over. As a I don't see them as a championship team though, um, necessarily. So if I had to ask you out of we'll go back to the tag team turmoil in a second. If I had to ask you which one of those because I've also seen this debated on Reddit and on Twitter and places like that. If I had to ask you which one of those two is a more likely future champion, heavyweight champion, who would you say? 
Of Enzo and Cass? Yeah. Definitely Cass. I actually see Cass doing a singles run sooner rather than later. So who turns on who? Um, I got to say Cass turns. And then he goes on this just heel tirade. Because I could see... See, I want I want to agree with you. And Vince likes the huge dudes and Cass is massive. Mm-hmm. He's also got kind of massive jugs, but that's another thing. <laughs> but... I agree with you that Enzo that Cass is probably more likely to turn because it it it's an, it's a more natural dynamic to have the little guy be the baby face to have the little guy fight back when when they eventually turn. I could also see Enzo being a kick ass manager with a stable, yes, like a heel manager with like three or four dudes underneath him. Yeah, or I mean, maybe they even kayfabe an injury and you know they both do a turn and. Enzo manages Cass and on his title run. Yeah, I don't know if Enzo's. I've heard people say that Enzo would be a better champ, and he's just. I just don't see it. No, he's he's an underdog, he, like Bailey. I love Bailey. I love her. For but the record, everybody, Zach Pullman just compared Enzo to Bailey. Probably because they're my four-year-old daughter, Stella. Hi, Stella. You're not listening to this. Uh, but I hope not. No, you shouldn't go to bed. Um, but they're like two of her favorite wrestlers. Yeah, she in fact just the other day we were watching and she says oh my gosh he's so tiny like she loves him uh but <laughs> they're both great underdogs like bailey as champion to me right is boring yes i like to see her going she's gotta after. be in chase mode yep yeah so and if you watch the dynamic of enzo and Cass as a tag team their whole dynamic is very simple and old school and it works like they don't mess with it it's enzo gets beat hot tag Cass comes in for the finish right i mean every match that doesn't mean Enzo's not valuable. Not at all. He's one of the better sellers in the entire company. I think Cass's uh, mic skills are underrated, to be honest. I think honest. so, too. I think he's funnier than hell. Yep. I love he doesn't him. know how to spell very well, but... No, he doesn't. Man, I loved it when he, when Angle, when he told Angle how to spell soft. And he walked <laughs> away, and Angle goes, that's not how you spell soft. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then you got Seamus and Cesaro, Slater and Rhino come out, uh, then Gallows and Anderson, and then Golden Truth. So Golden Truth coming out last... Certainly plants a seed in the audience's head that they're going to go over. And that's why I liked it, because they didn't go over. But it made what was a very predictable tag team turmoil match in the fact that Sheamus and Cesaro had just turned on the Hardys a couple weeks before. Sure. It put some doubt into the viewer's mind, because otherwise you just know that they're going to go over. But it was kind of like, especially after Brizongo got the push on SmackDown, it's kind of almost like anything goes at this point. Yeah. But I definitely, uh, I was into that match. It was good action. They filled up 30 minutes of TV time really well. Yeah. And it was great for, like you said, that kind of house show filler, you know, taped yeah, it was fun. I feel bad for Gallows and Anderson because I think they're better than that. Sure. But not everybody can. I think Gallows and Anderson would have been a fine opponent for the Hardy Boys going through the next, you know, next pay. What's that pay for? Great Balls of Fire. Yes. Great yes. Great Balls of Fire. Great is Balls the, of Fire. That's the name of the pay-per-view. Yes. Okay. All right. So looks like we got the Hardys come out and make the save at the end. Um, and what was your third most important thing from the week? Another very house show-like uh, match, which was the six-man tag. Um, so at the beginning of SmackDown, Randy Orton comes out, 
starts cutting his promo. Say what you will about Randy. I know that I know that Marks like us are sick of him, but man, when his music hits, that place pops every time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love Randy because he's a hometown boy. I sure. mean, we're recording from St. Louis, Missouri. And yes. Oh yeah, we should have said that. Yeah, we're in St. Louis. We also should have said that we have two other hosts. Uh, band from Ringside is going to be kind of a revolving host kind of situation. Zach and I are two of the primaries, and we have two other primaries. Uh, Jason Cornelius Bell, uh, a good friend of ours, and then uh, Tender Mahal is going to be our other <laughs> one. And uh, he's, he's so named because he loves Tender. I mean, he he really likes it. Now, we're both married men. Have you ever been on Tender, Zach? I have never. Um... You've never even picked up a friend's phone and just said hey let me see this let me i should clarify i've never created or downloaded the created a profile or downloaded the app i have definitely been on my friend's tender because that is endless entertainment is it swiping left or swiping right that's the good one i forget swipe right i don't know like i said i've never been on it whichever yeah. one's the good one like i was with our friend our co-host tender mahal in louisville one time and he was looking at tinder while we were in Louisville for 12 hours. I'm not sure what he was going to do on Tinder in 12 hours. But whatever the good one was, I was taking the ones that he should have swiped the other way and swiping them to accept him. I, <laughs> I stole his phone while he was in the John and that did, is it, did it for about three minutes. A harmless prank. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a harmless prank, except for the ladies who thought that they were they might get, you know, a little piece of Tinder Mahal. That's true. But anyway, going Sorry. back to going back to the six man tag match. Uh yeah, so Orton comes out, starts cutting his promo, interrupted by uh, Jinder Mahal, not to be confused with Tinder, and band from Ringside Coast, Tinder Mahal, not yes. to be confused with him. Yes, and arguably cuts like not the greatest promo. Um, At least he, it didn't last very long. It didn't last very long, and he says, "I didn't take anything." He's like, "I just took." I'm like, "That you just changed the tense of the verb." <laughs> like, you know, it didn't really. Like, it doesn't really work, Jinder. I know, you know. Me pawn it off on being, you know, second language. Um, Kevin, it's o- not. Kevin Owens He's seems from to do okay. Yeah, exactly. So they're um, both from Canada. Yes. So Kevin Owens comes out and then does what Kevin Owens does best, which is just cut the best heel promo. He's the best. He is the best heel um, in the game at the moment. He said that. Uh, he said two of my favorite things. He said um, nobody cares about your House of Horrors match. Yes. And nobody cares about India. Yes. Now, I'm not saying I don't care about India, but it is a funny heel thing to say. And to do the classic heel thing where he just got cheap heat and he says, don't get excited, London. Nobody cares about you either. Oh, that was so good. Yes. That was so good. So Owens comes out. Owens comes out, kills everybody on the mic, and then AJ's music pops, which, I mean, I am a huge AJ Styles fan. Sure. I was, uh, full disclosure, out of the pro wrestling uh, interest for a good little while, so I missed a bunch of AJ's career that I'm trying to catch up on. Uh, but when he came to WWE, that was my introduction to him. So even though he was many, many years in the game, I didn't watch TNA. Um, so uh, I heard that there's a push, this is a rumor, that there's a push by WWE to try to buy TNA's library. That would be amazing. 
And I think that the only reason they want to do it is because they know how big of a star they have in AJ Styles, and they want all of AJ Styles' career. They want the entire thing on the WWE Network. Yeah, and I want my WWE Network to stay at nine ninety nine. So yeah, I well, yeah I want that too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so AJ comes out and does um, this really kind of remarkable thing that um, AJ's turn uh, to babyface which he's been getting huge pops probably the biggest pop out of any like active wrestler on the main roster every city no matter what yeah i think that's true he just gets the biggest pops as soon as his music hits and uh his face turn has been glacial there was never a single moment you could argue it was whenever he shook shane mcmahon's hand after their match um, yeah. as a sign of respect but what i love is that they're keeping a little bit of his heel elements like he's not he's not insulting the crowd anymore but he's still got that persona of the phenomenal one and yeah. i'm the best and so anyway he comes out smackdown, and then, smackdown is the house that aj styles built exactly or, i should say smackdown live he's the face that runs the place and uh soon enough i'm sure he will again be the champ that runs the camp yeah but uh then baron corbin comes out which when you're talking you know, the progression of that promo, that's whenever it started to flatten a little bit. Yeah. And then Sami Zayn comes and attacks him from behind, and then it just brought it all back. So there you have the inevitable six man tag, which this was with the top six player top six players on SmackDown Live. Yeah, which is hilarious too, because Ginger Mahal literally has a three man stable that he's the head of, but they brought a group of <laughs> other right. other heels because the Bollywood boys, the the Singh brothers are not they uh, haven't really introduced those guys at all. No. Um, but they look downright tiny next to next to gender, so gender's pretty big though. Yeah. yeah. Don't hinder gender. <laughs> I loved I love just for the record, and I know that this is this is uh the big WWE uh controversy, I guess, is that amongst amongst us smarks, is that uh a lot of people are anti the gender Mahal push. Now I can understand the pros and the cons. The cons being that it came out of nowhere, that he was basically a, I mean, I wouldn't even call him a glorified jobber. I mean, he was a no, straight was up a jobber. jobber. Yeah. Like he just lost, he didn't even lose to the stars. He just lost to everybody. Yeah. But in my opinion, I like anything fresh. I like that it's not going to be the same. I like Randy Orton versus AJ Styles sounds cool to me because of AJ Styles. Yes. Now Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal, that sounds cool to me just because I've never even thought of it. Yeah, it's different. And Jinder can work. There's nothing wrong with Jinder's work rate. There's nothing wrong with his promos, really. No, and he looks great with the belt. Like he whenever he stole the belt. And I think that's why they did it. Yeah, he they, looks really good. And I know that they're making a big push to go into India. So um, even even if he doesn't win coming up at Backlash, um, he's at least main eventing. And so he's a main eventer, and I think that really it's a commercial push. Well, yeah, but I mean, but look, I mean, there's so, it seems like there's, I know that people people will disagree with this all day long, but I know that they're reticent to make stars. It seems like they're reticent to make stars because every year at WrestleMania, the top four matches are usually filled with at least half part-timers. Yeah. 
at least fuck. We had Goldberg this year. Yeah, Goldberg versus Lesnar, who's another part timer. I mean, versus Lesnar, who's another part timer, and Goldberg went over Owens. I don't even. Want, it makes me so mad just to think about. It. Yeah, like that really made me mad when Goldberg squashed Owens. In that pay per view that wasn't called Great Balls of Fire. I don't know. They're all called Great Balls of Fire in my head now. I just can't think of anything else except for Great Balls of Fire. But anyway, it seems like they're reticent to make new stars, but when you don't take all that much time to put a little bit of thought into a guy like Jinder Mahal, give him the Bollywood or the Singh brothers, and just give him some time to cut a promo, let him hold the belt for a while. And even if he loses to Orton, which I think there's a really good chance of because Rusev's waiting in the wings to get the next title shot on SmackDown. Sure. Even if he loses, then all of a sudden at least he had a match with had a match with uh, Randy Orton for the belt. Yeah, absolutely. And then he could fight somebody for the US title when somebody else gets hurt and they can throw him into a situation instead of them having to panic and you know, do something stupid like bring somebody over in a trade or something. Sure, yeah. My only thing with gender is he seems to be working a little stiff. Um, I mean, he gave um, Finn Balor a concussion. He did. And this last week on SmackDown, in that tag match, it looked like he bloodied Sami Zayn's nose with those, like, forearm elbow strikes. I'd have to watch it again. But Sami Zayn definitely had a bloody nose. And um, I'm just worried that, you know, him working high-profile matches, he's going to take out some high-profile talent. Do you think that happens because now we are two guys who have never done anything with professional wrestling in a ring ever, correct? Yes, you think that happens just because he's too amped up? I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, and maybe um, he's a younger guy, too, so not having... I mean, he's experienced, obviously. I mean, he's... Is he? How old is he? I, th- I thought he was younger. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of talking on my ass right now, so... <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know how old Jinder is. He's 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, that was our big three of the week. All right, everybody, and on the phone right now, we have a very special guest calling in. Actually, he's not a guest. He's one of our actual co-hosts who uh, couldn't get couldn't make it in tonight. Uh, we have Tinder Mahal. How are you, Tinder? I'm doing great. I actually just got with a Tinder date. Um, it went pretty terrible. She was a uh, raggedy rat. Um, Wait, is that so, why, uh, is that why you couldn't come in tonight? Is because you had a Tinder date? I got to live up to my name, man. So, uh, I took I took her to Amigo Joe's. We had a great time. Did you get the margaritas? Because the margaritas at Amigo Joe's are huge. Yeah, I, I went for the uh, the regular, not frozen, because I'm a man. Well, next time that you go on a Tinder date, don't meet the gal where she busses tables. All right, we're going to play a game right now, and the game is called Hand or Jobber, where I'm going to name a wrestler, and I want uh, Tinder Mahal. And Zach Pullman to tell me whether or not they are a hand or a jobber. And you can use whatever rationale you want to tell me why. First one, Luke Harper. Tinder Mahal, go ahead and go first. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say a resounding hand, sir. And why? Uh, why, Why not? I mean, the guy's wrestling these forever. He's been a, he's a guy they put in the ring with anybody who needs a good match. So he's a guy that you, he kind of has, what is it called, the the hand syndrome. He'll always be the guy that wrestles the guy in the main event that gets the guy over but doesn't win the belt or get the victory. So that's why he is a hand. All right, that makes sense. All right, Zach, 
Luke Harper, hander jobber. I concur 100% for all of the reasons that Tinder Mahal said. And also, I will add, uh, he has a great move set, and he moves really, really great for a big guy. He's just a pleasure to watch in the ring. That's a three for three. Uh, I wish they would kind of repackage him a little bit, uh, but I think he's a hand also. First of all, he he's huge, and he can move good for a big guy. He always has good matches. He can have a good match with a big man. He can have a good match with a little guy. Luke Harper... Band from ringside is unanimous. Luke Harper is a hand. We'll Congratulations, to, Luke. To be fair, though, to be fair, they did repackage him. They changed him from a white wife beater to a black wife beater. So, you know, <laughs> there, there, there you go. You mean the shirt he's wearing, though. They didn't actually change him into a black person. Oh, that's his new oh, character. He's, 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 oh, yeah, yes, the shirt. Correct. Okay, all right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I could have got messy. Second guy. Second guy. Hand or jobber. Luke Harper's opponent at Tuesday night, SmackDown Live, Eric Rowan. Zach, we'll let you go first this time. Eric Rowan, hand or jobber? Uh, even though he went over on Tuesday, I'm with an go, eye poke. Yes, with an eye poke, I'm going to go jobber. Uh, his mask was the most interesting thing about um, that match. And that's good character development, too. They put a hose on the mask. Yeah. All right, Tinder Mahal, Eric Rowan, hand or jobber? Well, let me just say first, the hose on the mask was a Vader thing in like 93 when he was WCW. That isn't the first time they've ever done that. They just copied Vader from 93 and put it on uh, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan is a big man with a great look who cannot wrestle a lick. He is a jobber without a doubt. I think he should copy one more thing from Vader, and that is a master's degree and to get you know busy selling real estate because... Uh, does Vader sell real estate? He did. Um, he was uh, a legit business guy the whole time. His, yeah, he was very unlike his character. You mean you mean he didn't beat people up <laughs> in the middle of a ring all the time? <laughs> yes. that's yes. how he was unlike his character. Well, he was he was booked as like a monster. I remember being scared of Vader when I was a kid. Ah, uh, okay. So I kind of feel bad for Eric Rowan just because I think with a with a certain something he could be a hand, but once again we're three for three. And that I think Eric Rowan is a jobber. It makes me feel bad, but I I think that Tinder is right that he can't. I don't know. He's he doesn't look that good next to Harper. Let's just say that. I mean, he's always standing next to Harper and or Wyatt. But just just for the record, these are two guys that are on SmackDown with no characters and no direction. Their only characters are that they used to be in the Wyatt family. Well, and in his defense, too, there are a lot of big men now that can work. You know, there are a lot of guys who are 6'4 and above now that can work like a smaller guy. Sure. And he's, he's like Dirk kind Nowitzki. of... Like, like Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, so, to his credit, he may not be as bad as we think he is because everyone else is so good and they set the bar so high. Right. So I think if, if he was a big man, like, the say, the early 2000s, the, what I like to call the Batista era. Mm-hmm. I think he could have gotten over stronger. He could have had a stronger personality. Um, so that's my that's my opinion on that. All right. And our last one, hand or jobber. Tinder, you're going first here. We're going to go Titus O'Neil, Hand or jobber? Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go hand on this. I think that, you know, Maybe he's not the best catches can catches can scan style wrestler, but he has a ton of personality. 
he's great for the company, and um, I think that he can cut a promo. So I'm going to go with uh, with Hand. Zach? Uh, I think I'm going to agree with Tinder, actually. Um, I was never a huge fan of uh, his ring work. He works a little stiff, uh, but I think... Um, for all those reasons the tender said um he always had a lot of energy uh great with the crowd and i think uh he's a hand all right for uh just for the purposes of not agreeing the entire time i'm gonna say that titus o'neill's a jobber because he wears trunks man that guy's huge put on some pants why is he wearing trunks he wears black trunks it looks like he's almost naked out there jobber get out of here and they're they're hooking them up with Apollo Cruz. Okay, let's throw a bonus one on there. Apollo Cruz. Oh, hand. Sorry, butt in there real quick. Hand. They just gotta find a character for him, but he is he is without a doubt a hand. I mean look the first guy they put him with was Dolph Ziggler. You don't put a jobber with Dolph Ziggler, you put a hand with Dolph Ziggler. That's true. And I think they're trying to put him right now with um the guy we just talked about. Um <laughs> help me draw a blank here, help me out. Titus O'Neil, yeah. Um, and I think Apollo's, you know, if Apollo can stop smiling and get serious and be be a, be a successful heel and a good heel, his ring work will take care of the rest. I, I'm going to go hand with that. Zach, I'll agree. Yeah, I agree too. I kind of wish that they would put him in the uh, cruiserweights because I think he'd be fun as a cruiserweight. I think he probably weighs less than 205, right? No way. You don't think so? I mean, no, he's, a, no. he's a brick shit house. That is true. He's a he is a he is a brick shit house. Um, is that without a doubt? He's he's at least two twenty, two thirty. Gotcha. All right, Tinder Mahal, thank you for calling in. Uh, we are going to let you go now. Uh, are you? We hope to have you here in studio sometime soon. Hopefully next week or the week after. Yeah, I'll definitely make that happen. That's great. Tinder Mahal, everybody out there doing the Lord's work, uh, you know, meeting chicks at Amigo Joe's and making sure that everybody gets their food, uh, you know, in 30 minutes or slightly more. Thank you very much, right. Tinder Mahal. Cheers. Peace. See you, man. So uh, we'd like to thank Tinder Mahal for giving us a call in. That was great. Uh, there's a few more things we have to talk about. We don't have a whole lot of time left. This flew by. I think you can agree with that. Uh, let's talk about Nakamura and Ziggler for a second. Uh, is the Nakamura thing going to work out? Uh, if he's not booked as a stereotypical Asian man, um, yes. Like, he's the most ridiculously just very psychological. Um, he has great presence, even though he doesn't speak the language, you know, hardly at all. Yeah. And his theme music is so over i mean this theme music is dope thank you nxt uh crowd for starting that thing where you guys sing the entrance music for uh nakamura the rising sun uh because now um i play it in my van and we do the same is that thing. the name of the song the rising sun i think so yeah really yeah that's cool i could have made it up i don't know <laughs> Uh, I just, I worry about Nakamura just because I worry about Vince losing patience with him. Sure. Real fast. Yep. He, I mean, he doesn't speak the language. That's obviously not his fault. I just wish that when he tried to speak the language, that he would take his goddamn mouth guard out. It <laughs> drives me up a fucking wall, man. Like, yeah. if you can't talk, 
take out your mouth guard and just help it out a little bit. But I mean, I think this is a good way to. I think this is a good way to go into our um, uh, Facebook questions. I will say real quick. I think it's genius that they're putting Ziggler with him because Ziggler's selling capability. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And I cannot wait to see him sell the Kishasha. A hundred percent. I mean, Ziggler really is the perfect guy to put him in. Their segment the other night was really good. Yeah. I thought Ziggler, I thought Ziggler, whatever they did the other night was way better than the time that he was in there talking about Michael Jackson for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But Ziggler is the perfect guy to put him in with. Um, so that leads us right into our, one of our Facebook questions. Uh, this is from David P who's on friends of BFR. You can find us on Facebook, uh, search the group friends of BFR. That's banned from ringside. Um, and David P said, what's the best way to book Nakamura through? What's the best way to book Nakamura through the next mania, which is an interesting question. I kind of wonder, I guess, do you see Nakamura having a title shot at the next WrestleMania? Is he going to be fighting for the belt? I mean, if AJ has it, maybe. Because a Nakamura Styles Mania main event would be dope. It would be awesome. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because, I mean, you're going to bring in... I mean, that's a draw. Um, not that Mania is not a draw on itself. I mean, but give him 45 minutes. Uh, oh, yeah, Just exactly. let him burn the house down. Yeah. Especially if Mania is going to be seven hours like it was this year anyway. Yeah. Just, Make the match a marathon. Yeah, make yeah. the match a marathon and cut out the Andre the Giant or whatever you want to cut out. Sure. Uh, I think that uh, the best way to book him through Mania is you have him uh, go through a couple guys. You can have him go through Ziggler. Um, trying to think of who else he could work with. On I'd book Smackdown. him with some guys that he worked with in NXT, you know. Um, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy I mean, Zane. Yeah. Him, and Zam- him and Sammy had a match of the year candidate. Yeah. Last year on Nakamura's debut, where they gave him 25 minutes, and it was... Kishasha versus Haluva Kick. I mean... Man, I always... Every time I see Haluva Kick, I always think it means hell of a kick. I think that's the joke. Is it really? I think so. That's how I always assumed. Oh, shit. Well, I should have known better. <laughs> uh, does This is from uh, this is from one of our, our other co-hosts, Jason Cornelius Bell. Uh, does Daniel Bryan come back to wrestle? If so, where? As I mean, a, I would have to say it would be mania. It would it happen. I I wonder if he means if so, where like what, what uh, promotion? Oh, what like what brand? Yeah, or, I just I think Daniel Bryan has to come back and wrestle at some time. They'll probably just ban the um, the flying headbutt, which he never should have been doing in the first place. Sure, poor Daniel Bryan. Uh, I agree with that. I think he's coming back. If he fights for anybody, he fights for WWE. Uh, we have a question from uh, Samir Musalam. Uh, what do you think about Jinder actually winning the title and the Singh brothers winning the tag titles to bring back the power stable? And I think it's uh, interesting that uh, a person named Samir would be asking about Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers. That seems really shocking to me. I never would have seen that coming. That's a, Yeah. I would have loved to see Gender win the. Uh, I would have loved to see Gender win. I would love to see Gender win the belt against Randy Orton. I don't think it's going to happen because it looks like we have Rusev waiting in the wings. Yeah. Unless that's going to be some other sort of feud that they put Rusev off down the road. However, Rusev and Gender do have a history together where they ran around together for a couple months. Sure. 
but neither one of them is going to be a baby face. By the way, did you see Lana's coming back? And it looks like she's coming back sans Rusev? Yeah, I was watching it with my daughter, who's four years old, and she was like, who's this girl dancing? And I was like, that's Lana. She's like, is, he a, is she a wrestler? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. like a, I mean, it was very seductive. So. She's on wrestling. Yeah. Uh, how do you recharge Bray Wyatt? Gimmick reset or face turn? Definitely not a gimmick reset, because I think he has the like capability of being an incredibly over character babyface. I mean, he's I essentially the new Undertaker. Like, yeah. I mean, that supernatural element. Um, I think I was thinking about this the other night. I think he'd be a massive babyface against the Miz. Can you imagine it? Like the other night at the end of the at the end of the uh, at the end of Raw, if Bray Wyatt just would have came in on the Miz after he was beating up Dean Ambrose and Sister Abigail him right there in the middle of the ring, the place would have gone. The place would have lost its shit. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's the the turn right there. Uh, this is from my friend Cam Cam Bigelow. Uh, worked at Flat Branch with me actually. Uh, why can't any of the current cruiserweights wrestle like they did during the CWC? Will we ever see another cruiserweight match like Guerrero versus Mysterio at Halloween Havoc 1997? Now, right before we came over here, my co-host Zach came over to the house and we put on that match because Cam Cam Bigelow asked that question. And uh, as advertised, that match is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, Bill's house is literally in ashes because it burned the fucking house down. It burned the house down, especially Greer was so cut up. I like how the uh, how the announcers were talking about how cut up he was. And it's like, yeah, that's why he had a heart attack. Yeah, was that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing was that Rey Mysterio's outfit made him look like a 1960s Catwoman. He did kind of look like Catwoman. I was a little aroused. A little turned on. A little turned on. Uh, So uh, why don't they wrestle like they do in the CWC? Because they wrestle the same way all the time in WWE. They get together and they they make it to... I shouldn't say they get together. They make it to the main roster and then they just wrestle that WWE style. And even though they weigh less than 205, they don't wrestle like cruiserweights anymore. They wrestle like... I mean, they they wrestle the same style that... Kane versus Test would wrestle. Sure. That's the most annoying thing about the cruiserweights. Except, I mean, That's a great analogy. Thank you. Neville's awesome. We didn't get to talk about the cruiserweights. We are almost out of time. Well, that's uh, uh, fairly indicative of, I mean, the paradigm of the entire main roster. They don't really talk about them either. So. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, my brother says, how did Rikishi survive that spleen exploding slam off the cage? We're going to ignore that one because he's the youngest and we just always ignore my brother. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be, I think that I think that's going to be it for our Facebook questions. Thanks everybody for writing in. We'll try to get the more next week. Uh, time kind of got away from us today we've never done this podcast thing but turns out it's kind of fun uh there's some outer ring news uh daniel bryan and brie had their baby congrats zach you have children did you ever think about naming any of your children birdie uh no that was not on the short list for any of your children then again i'm not you're now tuned in to the free play media podcast network Hello, Marks. Welcome to the very first, the maiden voyage of the Band from Ringside podcast. I am your host, Bill, the Maharaja Vagi, and I am joined tonight by Zach, where CM Punk was talking massive shit to Johnny Bananas, which I just can't wait for. Uh, so does that mean Punk's going to come back and, and like feud with The Miz? 
Uh, the Miz is hosting the reunion show for the Real World Road Rules Challenge next week, actually, which oh, nice. uh, which was already DVR'd on my DVR, so it doesn't matter. Uh, this week in wrestling, we have WWF dropped the F and came into WWE 15 years ago, so 15 years of WWE. Two birthdays, happy birthday, Owen Hart, happy birthday, William Regal. I am Bill the Maharaja Vegi, along with my co-host, Zach Pullman. Uh, this has been banned from Ringside Podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Free Play Media Chris Denman, Sam the Engineer, and all you guys for listening. We know that there's tons of podcasts to listen to. We appreciate you guys checking us out. Thank you very much, and uh, don't be heels. 